Welcome to Our Condition, Our Lives, a podcast for young people, by young people, talking about arthritis and related conditions and how we live our lives. In this podcast, you will hear from young people of all different ages across Scotland with different musculoskeletal conditions. We've come together with the help of the Young People and Family Service at Scotland versus Arthritis to have our voices heard and connect across the nation. We hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Cara. Hi, I'm Steph. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Relationships and My Illness, A Peek Behind the Curtain. We want to take you on our journey into our conditions and the relationship experiences we've had with our friends and family. For us, the people in our lives have been a source of great support and help, from close family members to meeting new friends. We each have got someone to share their experiences of being a part of our lives and our conditions to give you a peek into our experiences. First of all, let's introduce ourselves and the condition we live with. Systemic sclerosis is a rare chronic disease of the immune system, blood vessels and connective tissue. It is an autoimmune condition, meaning that the immune system is overactive and attacks the healthy tissue within the body. Hardening of the skin can be one of the first notable symptoms along with Raynaud's. Everyone with systemic sclerosis symptoms are different, but my symptoms are Raynaud's, internal organ involvement such as lungs, Difficulty swallowing, heartburn. I also have very tight skin across my whole body, especially my hands and chest. I was diagnosed on the 19th of December 2017, but my mum thinks I've been showing symptoms for well before that. It affects me in a lot of ways, especially with day-to-day life. I struggle a lot with breathing, especially now I have to wear a mask the majority of the time I'm out. I also find it hard to do daily tasks, but I always have someone to help. So I was formally diagnosed with juvenile idiopathic arthritis or GIA when I was about three years old and I also was diagnosed with the associated uveitis along with it. Uh, so I have had it about 16 years now as I'm turning 19 in May so about 16 years now uh, and the my formal diagnosis is juvenile idiopathic arthritis and they are considering it's the psoriatic type but we don't really know. Uh, So my main symptoms, the ones I struggle with the most are like fatigue and I get really really tired really easily. Uh, My other ones are like stiffness and pain especially in smaller joints like my hands. Sometimes they'll freeze and it means I can't drive, I can't walk, uh, write, things like that I really struggle with a lot. Uh, So And another one is like headaches and migraines. I've always struggled with that with like different medications and things always give me really bad headaches and migraines as well as just the symptoms in general. Uh, And the other one I've always struggled with is like changes in appetite and low mood. So like I've always either been like really, really hungry if I'm on things like stairs or really, really, really not like I will not eat or I will be absolutely starving and it fluctuates all the time but that's always been like a constant thing since I was young. So my how it affects me personally, my main things is like I try to have a positive outlook on it but that can be quite difficult sometimes. So the main things that like I struggle with are like loss of friendships and relationships as like I might not have time to meet up or I might be too tired or like I might be in the hospital a lot which means I don't have time to like 
see my friends or like speak with them or I might just be really really tired and not have the energy to message them even like through a phone so that can be quite difficult for me is like keeping up relationships and friendships especially if I'm having like a flare and the other thing I always struggled with is like university or school so currently I'm at university but I've left school recently uh, so I've always struggled with like a lack of motivation motivation because if like I'm tired or fatigued I just don't have the energy to set up and do six hours of schoolwork or uni work and things like time time management I've always struggled with because I might be in hospital that day and then need to go to the GP that day and then that so like trying to organize studies and extracurriculars around my condition and that I have always really struggled with. Today I'm going to be interviewing my friend Jenny. I've known her all my life. She's pretty amazing. Do you know and understand what my condition is? I think so, sort of. I know it's an autoimmune condition and that it affects your whole body, your skin and internal organs and that you've been really pretty poorly with it over the last couple of years. What do you want to know about my condition? Just really I need to know I guess how to support you and when new things come up you can let me know all about them and how to help going forward. Did you do anything to understand my condition better? So yes, I googled a lot, which I'm not sure is the best way forward because it's not really that regulated, but I've got a couple of friends who are medics and I asked them, um, and your mum tells me more kind of detailed medical stuff and descriptions of what's been going on. Um, if I don't know, I usually ask you or your mum, to be fair, so I usually find out eventually. Do you try and support me in a different way than someone who doesn't have my condition? Yeah, I, I think so. I'm, I'm more mindful that you have tough days and so I like to see you more often and keep in touch and we've got our wee Facebook group that we chat on. Um, I also like to check up on your mum and make sure that she's getting support to support you. And we do love a COVID-friendly car park coffee during the week. Do you have a positive memory of me and my condition? <laughs> yeah, plenty. You've managed to keep laughs going, we all have, and it's and a bit of dark humour all through the journey. We've giggled a lot, we've cried a fair bit too, but tried to keep spirits up when times have been pretty tough. I think probably the best laugh I've had and the most inappropriate laugh was visiting you at the sick children's hospital and the consultant came in and he was really handsome and we all got a complete fit of the giggles at, at my inappropriate face that I made. So those were, those were the kind of inappropriate moments that we've had, but yeah, it's uh, plenty of positive memories. It's not all been doom and gloom. If another of your friends told you they were diagnosed with scleroderma, what one piece of advice would you give them? Well, for starters, I'd tell them to phone your mum because I think she could probably write a book on it by now. I would also tell them not to Google because Google is is not that regulated and you don't really know what you're looking at. I think probably the SRUK website is, is good for proper bona fide clinical ed education on the subject um, and if I was to have my time again I would do that first rather than go with Google but your mum for sure I would just tell him to phone her. Thank you for allowing me to introduce you today Jenny. Oh, you're welcome. That was a brilliant wee interview and the story about the doctor what happened there? So, um, 
I had my lung collapsed when I was in Dundee and I was transferred through to Glasgow by ambulance and Jenny came and visited me quite a few times and the said doctor came in and I had a chest strain in at the time and I had to lean over and he was looking at my chest and Jenny was sat behind him and she started giggling and I, I obviously started laughing as well and the doctor was like that, what the hell's going on? And I was like that, no, 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 everything's fine. But he was like examining me, but she was laughing and I just couldn't, couldn't keep it together. What made you choose Jenny for this interview? Um, well... I've known her all my life, so it's it was quite an easy choice because I, sh- I do struggle with, like, having friends and stuff, so she's been one person who's been there for me, like, for everything, and we're good pals, and me and her son are the same age, so we get on quite well, and she's just, like, she's always been there for me, and she's been to Glasgow, she's visited me numerous times, like, we go all pack a walk in together, and it's just been... It's been a good friendship. So there's a there's a farm up in Teeling, just not far from where I am, and they have alpacas and they have loads of different animals like guanacos and stuff. And they also have this donkey called Donkey Bond, and he's got his own Facebook page. So if you if you look up Donkey Bond on Facebook, you can follow his wee journey, and his mum puts up like photos of him stealing the alpacas' food and eating polos and going on walks with the dogs and they've got a few dogs. I think one of them's called um, Bark Obama or something. It's a funny wee name and <laughs> it's it's a good farm and we've had many of memories up there. Have you had any difficult or challenging experiences with family or friends and your condition? Um, since being diagnosed, a f- um, few family members and friends have struggled to um, understand my condition and I think seeing them seeing me go through what I have gone through has really put a toll on relationships at times because like it must be so hard for a family member to see somebody else going through it but it's just as hard for the person going through it as well. Uh, if you were to give them some advice what would you say to them to make them understand a bit more? I think I would firstly I would tell them to go and look at SRUK's website because that has quite a lot of useful information that's not scary on it. So I would tell them to go and look look at that. But I would also ask them to just ask me questions because I'm still a person at the end of the day and I can answer as mu- I can answer as many questions as you like. It doesn't matter what the questions are, I've always been open and honest with my journey, so I'm happy to share anything so if they had a question then I would happily answer it. Uh, What are some of the basic things a family or friend can help you out day to day? I think being in contact is probably the main main thing like I see my mum and dad every day I see my gran every day and having contact with someone's really important so like my Jenny who I interviewed she's in contact with me most days we see each other a couple of times a week so it's I think the contact is the most important thing like I get I get pe- people are busy but um, even a message once a week would be nice like just to make to remind them that they're there for you I never go a week without messaging like an old friend from school or to make sure they're okay so having something in return would always be nice 
Yeah, totally. A relationship is two ways and it's nice just when a friend messages you and you know that they have been thinking about you. Do you feel isolated because of your condition? Um, yeah, I definitely feel isolated at times because I I personally only know one other person in Scotland my age who has my condition. So being able to... I, I like speak to her pretty often as well. So being able to relate to her is quite good, but... Obviously, it's not nice when anybody gets diagnosed, but it would be nice to have somebody else who understood what we were going through that are not doctors. We've we've built such a good relationship with my team in Dundee and Glasgow that they're like family now, so they're they're supportive and all that. But having somebody else who's not related to the team would would be nice. But I guess it's not like every day you come across somebody who's been diagnosed with scleroderma. Yeah, I can totally relate. Having peer supportive friends that can relate to my condition and what I may be going through definitely helps. Did you find at school that some people just didn't understand it? For example, doing PE and then the teacher not understanding your level of abilities or even that you may fluctuate on a daily or weekly basis? At the start of my diagnosis, I lost a lot of weight. So that's what, like my friends knew something was up, like doing PE and stuff. They, we would do cross-country outside and with having rain odds and cross-country, my hands and my feet would go blue and I would, they would go numb as well so I wouldn't be able to feel any of my fingers or toes. So doing running on top of rain odds but then doing running on top of having lung a lung condition and it's just a lung disease, it's like I can barely run the length of myself without getting out of breath. So trying to get the teachers to understand that was difficult and one day one of the PE teachers said to me I was walking and he, and he went if there's a man with a gun would you run and I was like that what kind of question is that to ask somebody and and he went but you're not running so but if there was a man with a gun would you run and I went obviously I would run but I can't run and that's where the the relationship with the PE department kind of broke down a bit so I would just to just go to the library or something when I was supposed to be in PE but it it was a relationship that I didn't I had struggled to salvage because they didn't understand my condition I was struggling with my hips and like when I was in school before that I was struggling with PE and stuff so that was like my first symptoms was like getting out of breath and sore hips and it was with the PE department I hadn't had official diagnosis yet by then so it was it was hard for them to rationalise what they were saying because I didn't have an official diagnosis but when I got an official diagnosis I was I could barely attend school because I was either in pain or I was attending the hospital like three four times a week like for different appointments so it was quite a whirlwind of a diagnosis. Yeah I think I think obviously you don't want to be diagnosed with a condition but after I was diagnosed I I I've got such a, an amazing network of friends that are that have also been diagnosed with scleroderma that are like older than me. So like we work together to educate newly diagnosed people. So like we've we've got a Facebook group on and every Friday we have a, a Zoom catch up. So I've been running that for over a year now and like everybody like enjoys it because it like 
people who you wouldn't expect to come along would come along and ask questions and being able to help somebody who's newly diagnosed find their feet in the scleroderma world it's it makes you feel like you've done done something right if you were to sum up your experiences with relationships with family or friends what would you say to someone who's newly diagnosed what are the do's and don'ts um well I think the most important thing is definitely to be there for them when they're going through a hard time because I've had so many people support me through a bad time and now what I want to do is I just want to give back to somebody else who's going through a tough time and I de- like support is probably one of the main things and one of the things that I would suggest not to is I wouldn't Google it and tell them what symptoms they should have and what they shouldn't have because everybody's journey with scleroderma is completely different. I'm diagnosed with X, Y and Z but somebody else could only have like one of the things I have. So to try and compare somebody, trying to compare two people together just doesn't work. So just just don't compare people and you'll find your journey is different to others, but you'll all have a lot of similarities to it as well. Uh, did you ever Google stuff about your condition? Um, well, the first thing I Googled was... Um, uh, scleroderma on you on Google and it came up with that I had one year left to live and I was just like that right what <laughs> it's a bit shocking but here I am four years later still kicking so I'm sure it's it's not gonna end anytime soon so uh, top tip for anyone listening go to the registered websites for the conditions don't just google it as you may get incorrect information there's a good website called scleroderma and Raynaud's UK and they have loads of information on paediatric diagnosis and adult diagnosis and different symptoms you can get and different um, autoimmune conditions you can get alongside with scleroderma. So they've been really supportive as a charity to us. Uh, thanks for telling your story, Cara. Now I'll tell you mine. So I had an interview with my friend Ashley, who is the same age as me, but we have been friends since we were about five. So I didn't manage to record our conversation, but I asked her a few, some of the questions and she wrote down her answers and we had a discussion around them. So I'm going to talk about them. So the first question I asked her if she knew my condition. She said that she knew what it was and she could name GIA and she knew there was others, but she didn't know the formal terms for it, but she did know most of it, and I was quite impressed. Uh, I asked her if she understand what that meant for me, or like if she, how she knew that, and she went, I understand like from me and like my side of it, and she only knew from what I had told her or like what she'd heard my family, nothing about anything else. She hadn't googled it, she hadn't looked at a website about it, she just trusted me. Uh, I then asked her if the, there was anything she wanted to know or that she wished she knew earlier uh, and she basically just said that if there was any way to help identify symptoms or anything she could do to help if I was like having a bad day. Another thing I asked is if she, a time she specifically remembered that it affected me and she brought up that when I was in primary and I got put in a wheelchair for a bit she remembered how upset that made me and that made her upset because she didn't know how to help 
and she felt quite stuck and like she could see it was upsetting me so that upset her. I then asked her if it, she thought that it affected her friendship in any way or did she treat me differently to any of her other friends and what we found was no I am treated exactly the same as all her other friends but she just doesn't suggest we go on a mountain hike anytime soon. But she also made the point that if I was to bring it up, that I wanted to do it, she'd be all for it. She just doesn't want to suggest things that might I might not be able to do. But if I'm suggesting it, then I know my limits, so she's all for it. Uh, and one of the last things I asked her was if there was a specific memory that happened because of my condition that she remembered. And she brought up that when we went on a school trip to Disneyland in Paris, we got a fast pass and got to skip all the queues. And while everyone else had to wait in three, four hour long queues to go on the ride, we had been on about six by that point. So we had so much fun that trip and we got away with so much. And also in primary, when I was in a wheelchair and we ended up doing wheelchair Olympics, where everyone took a turn in my wheelchair and they got to do tricks in it and go up and down the corridors instead of a class because they could see I, I was upset about it. So they were trying to make it more inclusive for everyone and I asked her if there was any advice for a friend or someone who was newly diagnosed and she said to just remember that they are exactly the same person they were before their diagnosis and ask them personally if they need any help or if what they're struggling with because they'll always be more open than a book. Did you enjoy having a chat with your friend about your condition? Have you ever had a conversation like this before? I don't actually think we've ever had like a serious discussion about it because like I've because I got diagnosed so young and I've known her since I was like five we've always just kind of like she's just seen it rather than like talking about it because when you're that young I don't think you really grasp the concept of it yourself so like I couldn't really explain it to her that young so she just like grew up seeing it rather than getting it explained so we were like chatting and things and she was like oh yeah I've never really like spoke to you about this like we never really it was always just kind of there rather than talking about it so it was quite strange but also quite like therapeutic. That sounds like it was a positive experience to sit down and chat about your condition. I think it was like very opening and I think it was possibly quite positive to like have that discussion and like open it out between us and I think it made us quite like open and quite like sentimental at the same time. It sounds like that had a real impact on your friend and added to the bond of your friendship as she stuck by you and supported you during that time. Was there any specific feelings that came up during the conversation? Any difficult moments? I think the main thing that surprised me was when I spoke about how or she spoke about how in primary when I was in the wheelchair and it was quite upset me I think I was quite surprised that she was upset about how I was upset and that like she picked up on like how that actually affected me I think I was quite surprised at how much she actually picked up from when we were younger. You mentioned getting information online did your friend ever google your condition? So I think because we were so young, Googling it was like a far off concept. Like, you wouldn't think to do that when you're five, six. So, like, she always said that, like, she didn't Google it when we got older because she'd already seen it in person. And then, like, she'd spoke to, like, my mum and me about it. Like, probably not as openly, but she at least knew, like, the basics. And also, in first year, we got the versus arthritis 
came in and did a talk to our class. So that kind of like gave her most of the knowledge, but the it she I think the stuff from versus arthritis and then just by speaking to like me and my mum, kind of like gave her everything. But like the websites and things, only if they're like verified, <laughs> I would use them. Do you tell people you meet about your condition? I I don't know actually, cause like most of my friends don't know. Like, it's only, like, the people I'm close to that, like, actually know. Like, they might know there's something wrong, but, like, they don't know anything about it, most of them. So, like, I don't really know. <laughs> yes, you tell them on a need-to-know basis. Are there any top tips, key points that someone would need to know about someone who has a similar condition? I think being honest about like how it affects you personally rather than generally was kind of quite a thing for like people because it can help your friend relate it more to you than oh this person that lives across the world like it helps them be more open and like it helps you better have that friendship with people because they know you rather than they know someone else and then like also learning to have fun with it like taking advantage of the good side of it although you don't always see the good side of it taking advantage of that like we spoke about going to Disney and getting a fast pass and like having that ability to skip the queues and it made like our trip so much better so like things like that like learning to see the good side and the positive side of things and being like oh I get to miss school because I'm going to the hospital and like having a joke about that with your friends like I think that's also one of the big things that we found is just like being able to have fun with it and like not seeing it too seriously and like just like getting along and allowing your friends to have that comfort of humour. That's a great point, trying to turn things into a positive and having an informal sense of humour around the subject so people feel at ease with it. Thank you for sharing your story. Well, that's all from me, Steph. And me, Cara. Thank you for listening to our podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening to our experiences, relationships and my illness, a peek behind the curtain. If anything you've heard in this episode has resonated with you or you're looking for support, please get in touch with Versus Arthritis. We also suggest speaking to your doctor if you have any concerns and before you try anything we have suggested. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. If you want to find out more about Versus and hear more stories from the young people on this podcast, follow us on Instagram at YPFS Scotland or on Facebook Too Young for Arthritis Scotland.